Hey everybody, this is Nubia. And I'm Francis. We are your dynamic duo of Chronicles Abroad. As always, our goal is to inspire you to travel with passion and purpose. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. And we have a special Where Is She Now episode with Miss Kina Williams. Kina was with us back in season two, episode 97. We talked about basically Kina being the push a key of push travel. A key. Push a key. <laughs> <laughs> She does the Dubai, the epic Dubai blackout trips to Dubai every year where literally 500 plus people of color come out and enjoy her trips. Well, so much has happened over the last year and we got Kina back to fill us in on what's going on. Hey, Kina. What up, Kina? Hey, you guys. How are you guys doing today? Oh, excellent, girl. Excellent. Um, everything is going well, traveling as usual, so it's been a good year so far. Nice. So... Traveling as usual. What's going on with your travels now? Where are you based? Well, I am now based in South Africa. The last time I talked to you, I think I was in, I think I was in California last time I talked to you all. Yeah. But I am now uh, living in South Africa. I'm not in South Africa right now, but I am now based, uh, based there. Now, how did that change come about? Because, yeah, when we last spoke to you, you where yeah, maybe one day kind of thing, you still just kind of like jet setting and all that stuff, but you still work full time. You had a whole life in California. So fill us in. Well, so much has changed since that time. I think the last time I talked to you, all, I want to say it was probably like February or March of last year, if I'm not mistaken. So currently at this moment, um, I left my job last year, put in my resignation, put my house up for rent, got rid of all of my stuff, get rid of my cars. And I moved to South Africa in November. So back in April 2019, I applied for a visa. It was granted a month later. And so at that moment, I said, okay, this is where I'm going. Let me get my stuff together. And here I am at this point. So now let's talk about that because you are an engineer and you work in aerospace. And that's a pretty prominent field. And with everything, of course, that's going on, aerospace and defense is where it's at. <laughs> so, you know, it's a big business. Um, it <laughs> is. Like, oh. it's, a, it's a big business, right? <laughs> Especially being an engineer. So how can you walk us through that process of how you felt turning in that resignation or just the thought process behind that? Because I think a lot of people are at work and they think about that day that they turn in their two week notice or the day they just say, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> why did, why did you do that? Because I, I remember having that conversation with you and the last time we interviewed you was that you were going to wait a little bit longer, you know, to be vested and all that other stuff. So what was the, the thought switch? process? Yeah. yeah. What was that? 
Well, originally my goal was to actually leave the job on January 20th. That was going to be one 2020 saying one of me in 2020. But I was like, no, one of my friends told me, she said, you are not going to make it to 2020. You will leave before you hit 2020. And I was like, oh, girl, whatever. I'll, I'll be here. No. So I actually submitted a three week resignation. And <laughs> I left. Um, September 30th was my last day. I knew I was going to leave. Um, it just got to the point where I was at work and I was like, this is ridiculous. Why am I coming here? Not that the job itself was ridiculous. I had a great job at the company that I worked for. I had worked there almost 19 years, giving these people my whole life. And it was just time for me to do something different. But a turning point for me happened in 2018. I don't I don't know if I told you guys this the last time, but in 2018, I had my performance evaluation at work, basically two weeks after my mother had passed away and then my friend had passed away. At my performance evaluation, my um, supervisor at the time told me, she says, you're doing everything you need to do per your performance evaluation. However, I think you need to pursue your real passions in life. And if you decide to leave this job, we will understand. And I looked at her like, what the what? You know what? So for me, I felt at the time that that was the wrong thing to say. However, it was the right thing to say because it was exactly what I needed to appear to push me to the point that I am now. Although it hurt at the time knowing that, you know, I'm dealing with two back-to-back deaths and you're telling me to leave my job and I'm looking at you like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> you're really upset yeah. at that time. So that helped a lot. And also it got to the point where, I mean, if I'm truthful about it, I got to the point where I was going to work and uh, my office was on the second floor. And um, there was a little window, a little window there. So when I would get to the second floor, I would look in the window. If I saw somebody in the hallway, I would step to the side and wait until they left the hallway before I would go to my office because I didn't want to deal with people. I didn't want to see people. I just wanted to get in and get out. See no one. Great. It's time to go. When I got to that level and when I joke about this on my Facebook page, I started wearing my moves to work. That's when I knew it was time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> I can dig it. And it's crazy because when we think about our jobs, right, and what they said to you, it was monumental because it was what you needed to hear to give you that kickstart to say, you know what, it is going to be okay because I'm out of here, you know. But sometimes when we're in the midst of shit, it's like, what is going on? Like when I got laid off, I was furious. It took me about three days to figure it out, to be like, Nubia, this is actually a blessing because you've been complaining. Mm-hmm. You know, the universe will give you what you need at the time that you need it. Mm-hmm. And there was a long period of time when you were going through a lot with personal stuff. So I'm sure mm-hmm. hearing that at your evaluation, you were just like, how would you say that to somebody who's just going through mm-hmm. these situations? But in hindsight, you're like, you know what? That was confirmation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. I think people need to really understand that nothing is permanent. Like mm-hmm. your job is not a permanent situation. Unless you own that sucker, you know what I mean? And even that's not permanent because, you know, businesses go under all the time. But like, you know, what what happens when you get that axe or that whole change in your employment? Like, what do you do? You, you have to be yeah. kind of conscious about that. Like, that's not permanent situation. Mm-hmm. And I don't you, think you, any of a- our situations are permanent, right? It's what we create it to be. Because when mm-hmm. people go, oh, I can't move all the way to whatever. And it's like, it doesn't have to be permanent. Nothing mm-hmm. you do 
has to be permanent, right? Right, you right. I agree. And Francis, you brought up a really good point there because um, I forgot, now that you just mentioned this, you just reminded me of something. When I was doing that performance evaluation, um, like I said, my mother passed away April 7th. My friend passed away April 9th. I was doing this evaluation. I think it was like April 30th, somewhere around that time frame. I asked for two months off work because I'm thinking, you know, I need time off work. My mother had just passed away. Do you want me to sit there at work crying every day? And my coworker that passed away, we were friends. We were also travel buddies. We sat right next to each other. And my boss told me, she says, if you can take off two weeks, I'm sorry, if you can take two months off work, you know that you're replaceable. Oh, that right oh, there was the sign. Serious? I was like, I, yeah. So I was at that point, I was like, said that? why am I here? Why am I here? Yes. Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's the word. That's yes. where we yes. really, really live in more mm-hmm. than not. It's so insensitive, number one. And it's funny because, um, okay, I say fillers, and one of my fillers God. is, you know, I it's let it funny. Go. It's funny. <laughs> the funny thing about it, it's, it's not funny. It's not. Francis uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I was in a coffee shop, uh-huh. and this brother from Australia walks up to us and just, you know, started a conversation. And he was telling us he's from Australia. And he was like, he works in corporate and this and the other, and he's on a career break. And we were like, oh, Mm. cool, a career break, right? (laughs) He's like, yeah, I took three months and I'm traveling and this is my first month and I'm in Mexico and then I'm going here and there and there. And we were like, do you know in America, it's very difficult to even get two weeks. He was like, yeah, I heard you guys have it bad. And I was like, Mm -hmm. little do you know. And I was like, you Mm -hmm. know, Mothers could barely get maternity leave. People could barely get 10 days off or two weeks off where in other countries they give people breaks like a career break Mm -hmm. or a break if someone passes away or when you have kids or just in general, Germany gives you a month off every single year. Most places you get at least 30 days. At least 30 days, like mandatory. The mental health in America is going downhill because of people like your boss, you know, who say Mm -hmm. crazy shit like that and literally don't understand the concept of needing time from, mm-hmm. you know, the everyday hustle and to, to really work on your own mental So upsetting mental health. That, that your boss said that. So, so disheartening. But no, you know what? At the time, I will say this. I was really upset because I was like, are you kidding me? And I actually left, switched to a different office because I deemed that particular office a hostile environment. You know, at that time, I was like, I can't, I can't work in here because if that's the mentality that you think, you know, what if something happens to another family member? Are you going to just be like fired? You know, I'm like, I don't want to work here. So I left that office. But, you know, like I said, in hindsight, sometimes you need someone to tell you ugly stuff at the lowest point of your life so you can say, yeah, this hurts. This is not what I was expecting to hear. However, let me use this negativity and turn it into something positive for myself. So that's what I did. It took me a while to do it because oh, I was hot, hot and angry for a long time, long time. But once you get over that, you're good. Yeah, but you also have a support and network, right? That, you know, yes. there's a difference. Not everybody has that. So not everybody can handle situations like that, which is creating, like you said, the hostile work environment. It's a hostile environment, mm-hmm. period, where people mm-hmm. can take something like that and not turn it into good because they don't have the capability to really process it, mm-hmm. right? Um, right, so you're right. you are fortunate enough, you know, it just propelled you to do what you needed to do for you, which was going to happen anyway, mm-hmm. just happened sooner right it's usually the case very true so why south Mm. africa how did you make that decision anywhere in the world why south africa you know we're more than just travel we provide tips 
resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Well, lots of story behind that. I think the last time I talked to you guys, was I... I think I was engaged at the time. You were so. dating. You didn't tell us you were engaged. We <laughs> girl, found out right later. We were like, oh. wait. Social media, Oops. girl. Oops. Give us the tea. Well, Keenan's a good storyteller, y'all. If y'all don't know, check her Facebook out. She is. Let's, let's Look, hear it. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was engaged to a guy at, at the time, and uh, we split. Probably, I don't know how long after that interview, but we ended up splitting. But he lived in South Africa. I'd met him back in 2018. He lived in South Africa. We had talked about, we got to the point where I was like, oh, I could tell he wanted to ask me to marry him. I said, well, we have an option. We can live here in the States or we can live um, in South Africa. And for him, it would be too much starting over. And a man of his age, did y'all want to start over? You come to America you start all over, your credentials may not transfer over. And he decided, I don't want this life. You know, I'm doing well here in South Africa. Let me stay where I am. I'm, he was a consultant doing very well for one of the biggest banks in South Africa. He didn't want to leave. And I'm thinking, well, I had already planned to leave my job anyway. This is great. I'll go there. So that was already the plan that I was on. Um, when we split, I decided, I think I'm still going. Let me just go anyway. So I ended up applying for uh, a visa there and uh, left and went and it's been great so far. Nice. I'm glad you didn't allow things to deter. You don't allow things to deter you. And I think that's going to be one of the great takeaways from this particular episode is because a lot of times you hear people saying, oh, I want to do this, but I can't because of this. And it's like, no, you can still stay mm-hmm. on your trajectory or on your path, mm-hmm. whatever that path may be. It just might not look the way you anticipated it to look initially, but doesn't mean right. that you can't continue on that path. Yeah, very true. Because a lot of people will probably say, oh, well, you were going to be, you know, going there for a relationship or whatever. And it didn't pan out where some people would probably just decide, well, the relationship didn't pan out. Let me just stay here in America. And I'm like, you know what? Let me use this opportunity to just go ahead and do this anyway. Try it and see what happens. You know, if I fail, hey, What's I tried. Though? So I mean, you going is success yeah. by itself. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. It is. And I, and I believe there's <laughs> it always is. opportunities in the struggle. If if that's our lens, and sometimes it takes a little while to kind of get to that framework, but mm. there is opportunities in that struggle. I always use the example like when when I decided to buy a one way ticket to Thailand in 2016. It may not have been the best time. My father passed away. My son was going off to college. I was feeling all sorts of ways. You know, I was letting go of an ex relationship. So probably not the best time, but, you know, sometimes you just have to do those types of things because that's when a lot of growth happens. Well, I was going to say, maybe that was the best time. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm saying some people may say, like, that's not the best time. When is the best time? There is never the best. Like, that does not (laughs) exist. I don't know. Even when you think it's the best time, you're like, you're like, damn, why did I do that? You know, so it's like, there's no such thing. So you have propelled your personal life, picked it up and went to South Africa. What's going on with your professional life? Are you trying to transfer to be an engineer in South Africa or are you going full time? Book that ish. (laughs) Are you going full time on that travel game? We already know that. You know what? Yes, I'm, you know, engineer by degree. However, um, I still like engineering, still like science and technology, things of that nature. At this point, I would say professionally, I am full time working for myself for my um, travel planning, travel consulting business, although I'm giving myself a lot of free time to just do nothing. I've looked at the last 19 years and said I've done 
all of this stuff for other people. So at this point, I just use my time to either, you know, do my planning stuff, my consulting stuff. And I want to learn some new skills. Um, I was thinking about taking some classes, learning a new language. So all the things that I said I never had time to do, these are the things that, you know, I'm trying to do at this point. Thought about learning how to code. And I may never even do this. It's just something to just be a versatile you know, dynamic person where you can have a lot of different skills. Even if I never use them, I can say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm 43 years old and I went back to school and I learned something, <laughs> you know, it's just something new. So I just want to learn some new tricks of the trade. Even if I never use them, I can say I learned them. You know, I've looked up taking Spanish classes. I just hired a trainer because someone's a little, little you know, a little plump these days. So hired a trainer. Wait, were those, those so, cute ass trainers you put up? She was posting some <laughs> nice little chocolate trainers. I was like, go ahead, Kia. <laughs> What's your training, girl? Hey. <laughs> So, you know, so basically, um, you know, professionally uh, focused on the business. But I think this move, I'll say this is probably more personal than professional. I've basically, uh, you know, I tell people I've like seriously um, downsized my life. When I left my house, I always laugh. I had a three, I still have it. It's just up for rent. I have a three story, three bedroom, two and a half bath condo is what I had in California. And the time that I lived in my house, do you know where I spent all my time? In my room. In, in my room. room. I, I was never say the kitchen. In my room. Yeah, I would put. So, um, <laughs> so I spent all my time in my room and I was always traveling. So I looked at that and I said, you know what? I don't need this space. You know, here I'm in this house. There's no one in here but me. You know, that's one thing. It was easy for me to, you know, leave the house. So my little apartment in South Africa, I joke about it. It's not even 500 square feet. But that's okay because it's just me. But it's super cute. It works for me. It works for me. It is. And, um, you know, I have enough space for what I need to do. And the reality is I'm never there. I mean, I'm not even, I'm in Tennessee right now. You know, I'll be in Chicago, then I'll be in Columbia. So I'm constantly going places. So, you know, like I said, this is probably more of a personal, personal level than it is professional to basically downsize, minimize clutter, become a minimalist and just let go of things, which uh, I'm assuming you guys went through this as well when you did your move is to get rid of things. And uh, I gave myself whew, time to get rid of things. So I didn't try to do everything all in like, you know, two, three weeks. I just said, you know what, let me see if I can throw these old cards away because I was a hoarder. <laughs> My garage was a hot mess. I had to hire uh, an organizer to come help me break down everything out there. And she was good. <laughs> a very, yeah. very good. I think the letting go is difficult, though. You know, you left the house and went straight to South Africa. I had a house, same size, you know, three, um, actually a little bit larger because I have kids, right? So when I left the house, I went into a one bedroom first. So I had already downsized. And then from there, I downsized again. So it was almost like a process for me. Had I gone straight from the house into a suitcase, I don't know how I would have because it was difficult. I cried I a couple of times and it wasn't because I was attached to the things. These were memories. You know, it was nostalgic. I was in that house for almost eight years. You know, I raised my kids in that house and stuff like that. So it was like, I'm leaving. And, but a part of me felt fresh once all of it was gone. Cause I was able to, what I call buy adult stuff. Cause all of the stuff I had before was a mummy stuff, right? Like <laughs> things, you know, I didn't, I couldn't have a glass, you know, table in the dining room or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I got my own one bedroom apartment, I was like, Oh, I finally got an adult 
space. Mm-hmm. And then I filled it up with all this adult shit. Mm-hmm. And then when only a year later, I had to get rid of all that. And now she's got a big ass suitcase <laughs> that I carry. I'm like, girl, did we not learn a damn thing? What what is going on? <laughs> and you on your travel as journey. your suitcase is busting. What with a bunch of souvenirs going? <laughs> she has a big suitcase <laughs> and stuff in different continents. I do have I do have shit all over the world on different continents. I leave and I'll leave like a small suitcase or bag behind at someone's house or something. Be like, I'll be back. I still got two suitcases in Thailand sitting there. <laughs> but I spent two what? years, so you accumulate stuff, you know? Right. So and that might end up happening. Look, Keena's in Tennessee right now and her shit is in South Africa. It happens. That's the mm-hmm. travel life for you. It's like, you know, sometimes you sit still, sometimes we still move about and can't take everything with us everywhere. Yeah. Um Very cool. I wasn't I was already kind of a minimalist, so I didn't have a lot of stuff, but I think part of it was just like all the stuff that you've built over the years. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and you're just like, none of it even really matters. matters. Yeah. I think that was mm-hmm. my aha moment when I was making my transition. I was like, I don't need Why any do of I this have stuff. this shit? Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I felt so, mm-hmm. so much better afterwards. Did you put stuff like away, like you paying for storage and stuff? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. We thank you for your support. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Now back to the show. I only have one box and it's sitting at a friend's house. I told her that um, I'm just going to have it shipped to my brother's house and leave it there. Other than that, nothing. I basically like got rid of everything. I put a lot of stuff on like Facebook uh, Marketplace. And when it got down to the wire, I just posted a picture, posted my address. and said, it's in the back. Pick it up. And whatever's not there, I'm calling the dumpster. That's it. You know, you just get to the point where you can't, you can't keep anything. You just let it go. And yeah. I was, you know, I, I sell stuff for cheap because it was cheaper for me to have someone pay me for stuff than it was for me to hire somebody to come take all the stuff out of my house. I mean, my dining room set, I think I sold for 75 bucks. Um, yeah, I just let it go. One of my cars, I called a relative and I was like, you want this car? Put it on a truck sent the car um my other car i had i sold it for like nothing well i mean a few bucks but just nothing because i needed to let that stuff let it go yeah and you like to live in california is a whole nother situation because what's that um article that says to live in the bay area as an individual with no kids you have to make at least two hundred and ten thousand dollars a year just to have a one-bedroom apartment or afford a one-bedroom apartment in the bay area so for you to have a whole home two cars and this and the other you were very privileged and fortunate and i think this year in 2020 (laughs) she's like wait let me interrupt you because uh (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't in the bay though Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, California just seems to be an expensive state, number one. I mean, when you look at it, you know, compared to a lot of places around the world, it's one of the most expensive states in America to live in. It is. It is. You know, and I think that people don't understand sometimes how one month's rent in a state in the states could be three months rent in another country Mm -hmm. and i think people's misconceptions are like if you're moving to africa you live in the bush keita's apartment is cute as shit stainless steel you know kitchen appliances and stuff and then on top of that a lot of africa is metropolitan Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. depending on where you are so 
just dispelling those myths and you know when you share your story you help open other people's eyes to what it looks like you know when we shared that house thing that we did in thailand people were like oh my gosh i didn't know and i'm like where did you think we lived in a hut yeah and we went to the bathroom in the backyard like what's going on like you know if you're on a long bus ride in thailand i mean that is possible to go to the bathroom in the somebody's backyard okay but you know living i think that in america the misconception yeah, is that you're living below your means if you're in another country yeah rainwash is real man it, it is and that's a very true point i would say that you know talking about living and things like that i was telling some relatives of mine i was like you know the place where i live they have a champagne bar in the building and i'm like I, I try to stay away from that place but i mean it's there if i want it people don't realize there's so many different misconceptions out there of what they think a particular place uh, may look like now i'm not going to say that they don't have um, you know, poverty or whatever, but not everywhere is, especially when it comes to Africa, I tell people not everywhere has the children with the flies in their face and the, you know, the dogs that look like they haven't had a meal in months and things like that. It's just that these are misconceptions that the media has put out for us to believe that places don't have, you know, some of the same luxuries. I, I would dare to say that my life is probably better in South Africa than it is in the States. Although I'm a little chunkier, food prices are tends to be a little less money. I can afford a trainer. The trainer comes to my house. I could never afford a trainer to come to my house. The way that they are in that particular um, location is just that things that, you know, even made services relatively, I haven't done it yet, but the people above me tell me it's pretty cheap. I'm thinking, oh, that's it. Okay. I think I can afford that. People above <laughs> <me>. <laughs> people upstairs tell me it's cheap. I said, okay. But these are things that, you know, people don't look at, you know, like you said, you could be paying, I don't know, $3,000 for your mortgage somewhere where go somewhere else. And it's, not even a third of that. So, so different. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, like you said, maid service or whatever. When I tell you in 2019, we use the word privileged a lot because we had to literally step into that light to be like, we are privileged black women to be able to mm -hmm. show that blue passport, utilize it, number one, the way that we do and live literally many places. In 2019, I lived on three continents. You get what I'm saying? Like, if I thought about this five, six years ago, I would have been like, oh, I, I could never, you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't even a thought process, but it's just, you know, so easy. And as you start getting accustomed to travel and wanting to be a part and learn, you're like, damn, could have been doing it <laughs> all along. Years ago. <laughs> yeah, taking advantage of the opportunities and amenities that abroad provides you is huge. And people, I always say like the um, the whole mental, well, like self-care, especially like spa services and all that stuff. Like I could never back then, we did a four-hour massage spa package in Guatemala. Something like that would cost like at least five, six, seven hundred dollars in the States. And we did it for like a hundred bucks. So it's like, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. so the ability to be, to be able to really take care of yourself. And I love the fact that you said, I'm just trying, I'm not trying to do much. I'm really not mm -hmm. trying to do much because a lot of us, that is our stories back in the States. We're workaholics, we're worker mm -hmm. bees. We don't have time mm -hmm. for ourselves, our families, friends, relationships, mm -hmm. and all these constraints. You come abroad and there's a space 
that opens up this 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 expansion and take advantage of that you know don't Mm -hmm. do a gosh darn thing yeah i think many people don't know how to relax or not do something because they feel like if they're not doing something they're not being productive but Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is being still is being productive because you're allowing your body to replenish rejuvenate and revive itself so that you can move on and move forward Mm-hmm. So you used to do this hashtag that was the year of yes manifest. Mm-hmm. What was that? 2018, 2019? That may have been earlier. That may have been maybe 15 or 16, maybe. What's your hashtag Early, but for I, 2020? Oh, now I have to come up with one since you said. Always come with. <laughs> I'm surprised you went on top of that one because you have the hashtag. You know. You know what? That ish. Look, you just told me I don't have to worry about things and do things. So I haven't come up with one. I'm not working yet. There you go. (laughs) Love that response. (laughs) Hashtag no. Hashtag whenever I feel like doing something. That's it. I love it. So. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list, and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. I'll come up with something uh, for 2020, but 2020, like I said, for me this year is really about me, you know, focusing, doing all the things that, you know, I've wanted to do, whether it's to learn a new language or a new skill, um, have more time for uh, family. That's another thing, you know, I've tried to do is, you know, spend more time um, with my family. Um, here I was in Mississippi, went some places I have not been since I was probably seven years old, back four-wheeling in the woods with my uncle, just, you know, things of that. Just basically probably strengthening relationships with people is probably a good focus for me for this year. And again, just making sure that I take care of me, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, in all manners. And definitely with this gym, because I'm scared when I go home. I, I um here in Memphis, Tennessee, my aunt called me yesterday, said, hey, come over for dinner. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So, oh, yeah, South I'm going to be killed. Food too, so. <laughs> they do. They do. And it's so reasonable. And, I um, joke about. And the wine there. is inexpensive. Pinotage. Uh, Girl, I can have a yeah. bottle of wine with every meal and it still be under 20 bucks. Yes. Well, the one I like is like four bucks a bottle. It's so good. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the whole entire meal. I'm talking about appetizer, entree, yeah. dessert, and a bottle of wine. <laughs> true. Like, Very oh, true. No, seriously. South Africa, the food Everywhere. is great. Yes. Mm. It is. It really is. It really is. So what's one project that you're working on this year in relation to your business? Um, business right now, I'm actually trying to grow um, the business I got out of being hard-headed and um, ended up hiring a um, operations manager back in September. I'm such a sucker at times where I had to let go of certain things. So I let go and I hired an operations manager. And again, I don't know why I didn't pick her up years ago um, because it has made my life so much more. I have more time to do other things. And later this year, I'm probably going to hire another person. I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like. So what that looks like. And then I, I don't know yet. So that's probably a big thing is uh, let it go in business because you guys know being in business, my hand is like this. Girl, and every, delegate, so I've delegate. been like this. 
You got to learn how to delegate. Yeah. <laughs> in your personal and in your professional life, if you can. You yeah. get what I'm saying? I think sometimes as women, we want to control a lot of the things that we got our hands in. And that's understandable, right? Because, you know, we want to, I don't know, what's that saying? If, if, if I'm not doing it, it doesn't get done right or whatever. We have that yeah. misconception all the time. But when, you're, when you get to a certain place... You have to sit back and let it go and delegate. That's the most important. Yeah, you got to look at opportunity cost. Like mm-hmm. some things just take up too much of your time and you could be just using mm-hmm. that time for something, something a little else. bit more valuable that's going to move the needle. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that's one thing I was really, you know, glad I was able to, you know, hire operations manager and then I will probably hire uh, another person. So that's probably the biggest thing professionally and then also trying to grow my itinerary. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So what about the personal life? I mean... Jumping back in the day. Are we are we back on Tinder swiping left and right? Are we, you know, what are we doing now these days, Miss Kina? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I am talking to someone. I've been talking to someone for what, five months now. Oh, you so we'll see how it goes. Jesus, <laughs> well, can I get some pointers? Tell us what we it's like the Sahara <laughs> Desert around this piece. <laughs> 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 we watched a, a move. What was we? We was watching something yesterday, and it was a, a love scene. I said, I think that's the most you know action I've seen in like a year. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> what's going on? Can you share some well, tips and tricks? Kina's dating. Well. <laughs> Well, the thing for me, I've, you know, I've, I think most of the thing is, well, since I'm international, I was using dating sites, the infamous Tinder, but I had my Tinder set in different countries. So I could, you know, although I was at the time I was sitting in California, I may have it set in England. I may have it set in Kenya, maybe set in South Africa, wherever. So cross paths with someone back in August and uh, we met in September and we'll see what happens here. Still rocking. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what it. happens. So he, that means we have to set our locations in different places. Do some mapping. Yeah. Yeah. Set your, set it in different places and uh, and go from there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we're still you know young in this, if you will. So uh, curious to see where it goes. That? I need to start swiping. <laughs> and freaking, Girl, you've been swiping enough. Your wrist is hurting. <laughs> I know you ain't. <laughs> we are not gonna go there. <laughs> Carpal tunnel and shit. <laughs> Talking about. I'm sitting next to you on that couch. I see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh now, dating God. has literally been an issue since moving abroad. And I don't know if it's because we both date women, so it's not as prevalent mm-hmm. in certain countries than others, you know what I mean? So that could be a situation. And then number two is, I mean, I've been moving around so much in 2019, I feel like I don't have the opportunity to meet someone. By the time we even get engaged in conversation, I'm already in another goddamn country. So it's like, yeah, I don't know, 2020 is my my year. That shouldn't stop you, you know, just keep swiping and you just never know. Like the person I'm talking to, um, they're in Amsterdam. So they're in Amsterdam. I'm, you know, at the time I was, at the time I was sitting in Panama when they, they swiped on me, I swiped on them. I was in Panama at that time, but you know, all over the place. So you never know. And then you made me someone organically as yeah. well, just walking up to you. And me being in South Africa, although I'm not looking, the people there, they will approach you. I had was at the grocery store one day and this man, I noticed him looking at me. And next thing I know, he was right behind me. I was like, dude. <laughs> 
I was like, dude, can I help you? I said, are you security? Because you're so close to me. I'm, I'm wondering if you think I'm stealing. You know, what's up? I said, are you security? <laughs> and he was like, no, no. I'm I just a regular guy. I just want to say hi. And I was like, well, just say hi. Don't like walk up on me like this, you know? So you never know. You may meet someone um, organically or, you know, back on these dating apps, whether it's what Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, Hinge. Facebook dating, whatever. Hinge? I never heard of that one. Hinge? Yeah, Hinge. So yeah. scary. It, yeah. Hinge. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sounds like a suspense thriller. <laughs> you know, well, I don't know okay. if the apps is what is making dating more difficult. When you say meet someone organically, in the States, many people don't know how to speak to people anymore because their heads are in their phones. We want to make sure you'll never miss a show. So be sure to swing by our website at chroniclesabroad.com where you can subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, we'll appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you simply tell a friend or five about the show, that will help us out big time. We'd love to have you join our growing Facebook community. Yes, y'all. We finally opened up our group called Chronicles Abroad Collective. This is the name of the group. This is where we share tips, resources, and encouragement. If you love the episodes, then you'll love the community even more. Simply click the join button. Can't wait to see you guys there. That And that could be the case, too, because... I have to say this again. Again, I'm not dating anyone in South Africa. I should say that I'm not dating anybody in South Africa, but people there, there, you know, people will come up to you. You know, they will come up to you. They will speak to you, whatever. I think for you, I mean, you could probably find someone there. You never know. I'm like, What's the One ticket? ticket? What's Google. the ticket price? Is right. in South Africa? No, never. I, I will be in Africa for 2021 for sure. That is going to be home base for at least the year of 2021. Okay. And when I say something, I definitely put it into fruition. So hopefully you're still there because mm-hmm. I definitely swing by and be like, "Hey, girl. Hey, neighbor." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> please do. Please do. We can have some penetrage at my place. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us and let us know what's going on with you. Very proud of you. And yes. just you continue telling your stories. You're hilarious, by the way. You need you to are, have yeah. like, thank you. your own little reality show. I, yeah, reality TV. Just no. <laughs> She's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no, the life of Kina, no. It would be boring. Girl, bye. Your yeah, face will get stories. <laughs> So many stories and stuff happening. Your Facebook is lit. I think that would be, okay. So for our listeners, if you know Kina, if you watch her on Facebook and you think she should have a sitcom or reality show called The Life of Kina, make sure to comment. (laughs) We're going to push this. (laughs) But thank you for taking the time out. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. Wish you lots of success in your unfolding and your growth and all of that good stuff. Thank you, ladies. Hopefully we will see you guys again for another update. This has been great. I enjoyed doing this. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening.
Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.